Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again. Believe in a power greater than what you are going through when you don't know what to do. That's right. When you don't know what to do, just keep on breathing. From the City of Angels in Los Angeles and from the Big Apple in New York City, but not today because Adrian, my co-host, can't make it. Welcome to all my listeners out there in Radio Land. I am Dave, the Caregiver's Caregiver at caregiverdave.com. And we're also coming to you live and on demand 24-7 on numerous syndicated radio and podcast networks on 26 global and audio video, video platforms like iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Vimeo, Stitcher Radio, Block Talk Radio. The list goes on and on. I won't bore you. In fact, we're proud to be voted number one caregiver podcast of the top 50 on Player FM and number two caregiver podcast on Feedspot out of the top 60. And again, number two on Caring Village. And we have an especially exciting show planned for you today. Author of How to Live Longer Without Growing Older, Learn How to Put Your Longevity Back in Your Control. Karen Owak's message is, your age is a given, or growing old is a choice. And she's a clinical exercise physiologist in cardiopulmonary rehabilitation at the Palo Alto VA Medical Center. And she's also a speaker and trainer in functional longevity and has been the weekly TV health expert on KRON 4 News in San Francisco. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you. So excited to have you on. And I always like to ask my guests the first question, uh, just who is Karen Owak and why was she placed on this earth? Well, uh, let's see. That's a good question. (laughs) I am... I've always been very involved in sports. That's kind of the foundation of where I am, why I am doing what I do now. I was always uh, I was a, co- a competitive athlete. And, really? uh, yes, I was a freestyle skier. A- and it, when I was in my when I was about eighteen, I realized that I uh, my my family history. We have an early onset. Uh, a history of stroke and mm. also heart disease. Wow. So I knew that in my future, if I didn't take care of myself, then then I would end up with po- probably some type of uh, heart disease or stroke. Uh, my grandfather had a stroke when he was in his forties, wow. and uh, he had two, and then the second one caused him to pass. So he passed very early, and I, I've seen. It's my mom came from a family of eight and all my aunts and uncles have had some sort of heart disease or stroke. And then it's kind of gone down into my cousins. So so what are you doing to uh, lower your risk of stroke or heart disease? Well, I, I decided when I was 18, I was studying at the, at the time I was studying uh, nutrition and all the biochemistry, the sciences and realized there was that huge connection between performance and nutrition. And when I was competing, I realized, gosh, I feel so tired. Why am I tired all the time? And I'm healthy. I'm a young adult. And my coaches were actually vegetarians. (laughs) And they said, well, why don't you stop eating all 
meat and why did you start eating like us? And actually I tried it and uh, I felt so much better. And, and so at that young age, I realized there is some type of connection. And then the more I studied, the more I realized that. And I'm assuming you're the only one in the family who ever tried to fight it like that. Everyone else was not vegetarian, was not eating healthy, etc. Right, exactly. So yeah. I was one of the, the odd men out. <laughs> you look like you could be Hawaiian, and with your name, are you Hawaiian? What my my you name, were in Hawaii recently. That's right. So my grandmother was born in Hawaii, and so she has a, a lot of her brothers are in. Well, they are past now, but I have a lot of cousins that are are still there, oh. and um, that I have a lot of cousins over here too. Yeah, Charlene and I spent a lot of time in Hawaii. We would vacation there twice a year at four week intervals, and we used to stay at our favorite place at the uh, the Outrigger Reef, right on the water there. But then COVID came, and we've never been back. <laughs> oh, but yeah. I think I've fallen in love with Acapulco instead. So that's really? our new Hawaii, yeah. Well, I fell in love with a new sport, <laughs> well, paddleboarding, <laughs> and, oh. and I tried paddleboard yoga, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It was, yeah, I, I, I would like to be able to do it over here. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what is functional longevity? You gave me a whole bunch of hard words to pronounce. You'll have to explain what everything is. <laughs> so functional longevity, well, longevity is the ability to live a long life. But functional longevity is a little bit different, takes it one step further. And uh, when you are functionally uh, fit, when you live a long life, you want to be able to do first the things that you need to do. These are your activities of daily living, you know, right. dressing and eating and toileting and, and taking care of your own um, right. So. And then, so that's one layer, layer. And then the next one was be able to do the things you want to do. Uh, a lot of my veterans, they like can't surf. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people want to be able to do certain things. Like I was seeing my veterans, they're, they're not able to uh, do some of these household things that, you know, projects that they want to get done. And it's yeah. very frustrating, very depressing for them. So sure. being able to do the things you want to do. And then the next layer would be being able to do the things you love to do, what you like to do. <laughs> and uh, those are all those fun things, those things that you're really passionate about. So yeah, being able to do all those things, the, the the needs, the wants, and the and the and the, and the things you really love. So, are you still on uh, weekly television or no? Yes, I still am every every oh. Sunday morning, and usually regular five or nine forty five. So we've done over two hundred segments so wow. far. Yeah, a lot of different health topics. So. We cover a lot of different things. And so there's a lot of functional medicine doctors. I know many of them because they're in my you know, mastermind groups and such. And so I'm familiar with the term. Um, would you consider yourself, uh, first of all, are you a doctor or you're not a doctor? No, I'm not a doctor. I'm a clinical exercise physiologist. So my specialty is working with patients in rehab, okay. uh, cardiopulmonary rehab. They have cardiovascular disease. 
um, and also pulmonary disease. But usually along with that are other comorbidities. They have diabetes, um, you know, you know, disease in their their legs. So it's kind of handling a lot of different diseases at one time. Yeah. So and I assume you work with functional doctors because they have the same kind of philosophy you have, perhaps? Uh, not as much the functional uh, physicians, but the cardiologists and the pulmonologists and the vascular surgeons. I see. Uh, those are the ones. But there's a new kind of medicine that's come around, and you've probably heard of it. It's lifestyle medicine. Ooh. So that's why I speak a lot about lifestyle medicine. The, the core of that program is, well, I've been doing cardiac rehab for for many since the beginning of my career and and it's evolved into uh, what is what we call now uh, lifestyle medicine because we're addressing you know not not just exercise but also nutrition and lifestyle so our foods are our medicine yes yes food and exercise are and exercise our, our medicine yeah and our mental health is also really important if i was sure. to to tie it down to three things, you know, that affect our aging is it's the diet lifestyle and then our positivity, uh-huh. our mental health. So how much are you seeing Western medicine embracing this lifestyle medicine concept? It's, it's, it's become very popular. Really? Uh, so, and, and I like that the fact that it's the Western medicine is, is embracing it. And uh, and then also we do incorporate some Eastern medicine, too. So the VA does mm-hmm. have some acupuncturists that that are on staff. And um, what disrupts, you know, healthy aging? Well, they, you know, six out of 10 Americans, they, they are suffering from diseases as a consequence of their lifestyle. So it's all about how you live your life. And, and the people that I work with in particular, you know, a lot of them Vietnam combat veterans who have, and so they are a great example of what can happen sure. uh, to your health as a consequence of how they lived. And, um, and so it's really important for caregivers, you know, they're, they're so focused on the people that they care for, it's really important to take care of themselves and their and and be watchful and mindful of their own lifestyle. That is a hard concept for many caregivers to uh, accept, isn't it? it? It really is. It really is. And I've tried, uh, and I still there's about thirty percent of caregivers who are who are just not only not doing it, but seem to be against doing it. They, they argue with me. They said, you know, I can't do that. There's no one here, you know, and they just got a million excuses, a million reasons why they can't take care of themselves, why they can't go on a vacation. Someone just texted me. I've been doing this for 37 years and I've never had a vacation in all that time. I says, well, you can either take one voluntarily or one day your body's going to force you to take one involuntarily in a hospital. And, you know, I, I just keep trying, but it's hard. Yes, it, it is difficult. And, and, you know, I'm 
I can't say I'm not guilty of it too. My, my <laughs> job is taking care of others and I have to be reminded, hey, you, you kind of have to take your vacation. That's why I took that vacation in August. I said, it's about time I go. And, and, and it's very important. And, and caregiving is, is so demanding. Can be a, just twenty four seven. We took care of my dad when he was here, and my husband was also helping to take care of him. And it's 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 difficult. So you started when you were eighteen, and I got to be honest, you still look like in your twenties or thirties. Do you mind uh, confessing how old you really are? Well, <laughs> or is it a secret? <laughs> here's, here's a clue. I'm going to be a grandmother. <laughs> oh. In, in February, so uh, yeah, and, I, and and I too am a grandfather, and even a great grandfather, if you can believe that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. So, you call something the frailty frailty syndrome. Well, what is that exactly, and who's vulnerable to it? We all are. We all are <laughs> vulnerable, and and it's a. And it can comprises of first your muscle mass. We lose muscle mass yeah. uh, as a part of aging, you know, three to eight percent every decade. So, um, and then also we lose bone mass. So, you know, maintaining our bone mass is also important. So, osteo the the muscle mass is called sarcopenia. The bone mass loss, the bone loss is osteoporosis or osteopenia, <clears throat> and then. Um, and then uh, we we tend to forget that that we need to to strengthen those things and take care of those things because uh, if we don't, um, we're going to end up not being as useful as the caregiver. Boy, that's for sure. And if anyone's not sure that that's true, you just have to look at these muscle building guys, you know, or Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. Uh, if you don't keep it up, all that beautiful muscle just turns to jelly, doesn't it? Well, it, it actually, the muscle doesn't actually turn, technically, it doesn't turn to fat. It, you just lose more muscle and you gain more fat. So the proportion of, of muscle to fat is a lot different. So even though someone may say, hey, I weigh the same as I did when I was in high school, <laughs> well, they look a little different. <laughs> That's because of, that proportionality. <clears throat> I always tell people, you know, don't focus on I'm going to I want to lose weight. You want to lose body fat. You know, you want to change your body composition. And that that's what it's all about. Changing that. Well, you know, 30 percent of caregivers die before their loved ones do. And many more <clears throat> become sicker than ones they care for, uh, frequently hospitalized and become uh, need a caregiver of themselves. How do caregivers know if they're functionally fit? And if they're gonna, you know, become a statistic and and outlive, not outlive their uh, their loved one. Well, one of the things I do first for my patients is to test their functionality. And number one is testing their balance. Mm -hmm. And balance is really important because the the Japanese did a really interesting study, and they found that if you cannot stand on one foot for at least twenty seconds then the, it is associated with uh, microbleeds in the brain and ischemic strokes, um, decreased um, cognitive function. So that is a clue to maybe your your future and your, your health future. So 
Try to really? test. And you know what? It's so interesting because every time I do this test, uh, I ask them first, well, what, how do you think you're, you're, you, you are as far as balance? Mm-hmm. Have you had any falls? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Well, they are shocked to find out that they cannot stand on one foot for sometimes even five seconds. So, you know, the test involves standing on one foot, crossing your arms so that your arms aren't out. So it makes it more difficult because you decrease your base of support and then stand on one leg, raising the other leg. So your thigh is about parallel to the floor and be able to stand for at least 20 seconds. Yeah, you know, I've, I had a broken ankle, so in my rehab, that was one of my exercises to stand on one foot for 30 seconds, then one minute, and then uh, do the other foot. And and so uh, I know that I can, but it's it's difficult because I got one weak ankle, but um, that's the reason why it's harder you know, to, to do, but. And and whenever I, I incorporate, you know, prescribe a program, it's not just about static balance, but you have to work on your dynamic balance too, because we are moving human beings. So we need to walking is, is being able to balance on one foot, you know, as the other leg swings forward and uh, lands. So uh, practicing dynamic balance as well as static balance. Important. Yeah, and I've been going to the gym because uh, I needed back surgery, and oh. and um, my chiropractor kept telling me, "Well, you know, keep uh, coming to me, and that uh, that'll shrink, and you'll be okay." And and I was praying also, and uh, between my, God doing a miracle and my chiropractor telling me it's going to get better, I just hung in there. And then one day, um, when it wasn't getting better, and I went to the uh, surgeon, he says, "Okay, we got you scheduled." And then, all of a sudden, I felt some heat in my back, and and I felt better. I was able to stand for more than you know five minutes. In fact, I stood for almost forty minutes, and I that was impossible for me to do without the pain. Oh, wow. And so uh, I got my MRI, and he says, "Wow, that's interesting." I says, "What?" He says, "Well, your eight millimeter bulge shrunk to four millimeters. You don't need surgery. Just join a gym and work on your core." And that's what I've been doing ever since. And so um, he's building my muscle mass, too. And, you know, I sit, go on the scale. It shows how much is muscle, how much is fat. So mm-hmm. caregivers can do that, right? I mean, it's never too late to start building your muscle up again, right? It's never too late to start. And, and I usually, I will, well, I will always do a baseline uh, evaluation mm. and then one at the completion of the program, uh, which is a three-month program. And always, no matter how how old, I mean, even my 90-year-olds, I see improvement because we're not look, just looking at balance. We're looking at upper extremity strength, you know, overall cardiovascular endurance, ability to stand and sit. All those things combined, I always see some type of improvement. So it's never, ever too late. But combined with that, you can never out exercise a bad diet so it's real important to eat well alongside of that (laughs) well let's talk about your book athletes and aprons strange title tell us why you named it that and what it's all about and what do you hope to accomplish with it well athletes uh, people often ask me is this book just for athletes and and no it's not for just athletes i define what an athlete is and in the beginning of the book and you know, we define oftentimes an athlete as someone who 
who performs really well at a high level by the name, the number on their uniform. But a true athlete is someone that really strives to be better than they were yesterday, who, who really perseveres. And that can be your cardiac patient. That could be a cancer survivor. Everyone has the capacity to be an athlete. So that's what I defined at the beginning. And, and it, so this book is for everyone. And it's a it's kind of a, a guideline. I call it the playbook to how to break a hundred. And that's, that's your, that's your age, not your golf score. <laughs> so, uh, how to live past a hundred. I did a lot of studies on the, on the, um, the people in Okinawa who, who are known to live past a hundred. It's really interesting. Their lifestyle compared to the Americans. So what foods offset the effects of the four common aging and disability conditions, you know, like hearing loss, dementia, poor balance, joint pain, many of those things, which I've been known to complain about. <laughs> so hearing loss, this is really interesting, you know, h- hearing loss, in order to have good hearing, you need to have good blood flow through your their, your hearing structure, through your ears. And so you think about how uh, you need to have clear arteries to have good blood flow through the heart and also your um, your legs and all the other structures of your body. But it also applies to your ears. So it's very important to eat a very heart-healthy diet for good hearing. So things that are, um, are you know, low in saturated fats and low in uh, a lot of those tropical fats and low in sugar. A lot of people don't think of sugar as something that's, they think it's something that's going to cause them to gain weight. But Mm -hmm. what sugar does, it really affects the inner lining of the arteries. And it's kind of becomes abrasive. So a lot of things kind of abrade that inner lining of the artery. You think of it as, as, as being smooth like Teflon. But with all the assaults of sodium and sugar and cortisol, the stress hormone, though that inner lining becomes abraded, becomes rough. Think of it like sandpaper. And when it's rough like that, plaque will come through and it will stick to it. Mm. And that's how it starts to, that's how you start to get narrow, more narrow arteries, that, that clogging of the artery. So real important to eat a very healthy diet. A lot of these fruits and vegetables, you know, being a vegetarian, mm. uh, they have, uh, they contain antioxidants. They contain uh, foods that help decrease inflammation. You know, eight out of 10 of the conditions that we suffer from are due to chronic inflammation. So, so important to eat foods that are anti-inflammatory. Is there anything that uh, you were hoping that we would cover and I did not ask you? Oh, oh, well, I last thoughts, you know, the, the number one health myth, and that is about dementia. Uh, a lot of people think that dementia is just a getting it is just a stroke of bad luck. But there are so many studies that are that are associated that show that the association between lifestyle, the things we eat, our weight, all those things included have an effect on our brain health. Yeah. We have the potential to, to avert it and, and, or, or prevent it or, or even slow the progression of it. So yeah. I think that's the most important part, point I'd like to make. 
And I'm hearing more and more of early onset dementia. What are the early ages that you've heard of people actually getting this disease? In, in their 40s. You really? know, and I, yeah. And, and what I'm also seeing uh, is the, the, the correlation between heart disease. When I first started out in my career, well, the, my heart patients were in their mid-60s and above. Now they're in their 40s. So wow. it's really shocking, and it's because of the lifestyle. I guess if I was to kind of uh, create a, a demographic, it would be the the engineer. One of them was the engineer that sits all day in traffic sure. and, and sits all day at a computer and then sits all day coming back and sits at home eating. Uh, that Those are the ones that we saw a lot of. The, the engineers wow. are under a lot of stress. So a lot of that cortisol um, and, and, and just because the exercise for 30 minutes a day, that doesn't offset all those hours of sitting. Wow. I'm, I'm looking at the clock and we're, we're running out of time. Time is the enemy. Why don't you tell us how we can get a hold of you and how they can get a hold of the book? And what if somebody wants to call you or email you or ask you some questions about their particular situation? The, you can reach me through my website at, at karenowak.com, and that's O-W-O-C. Uh, Karen is K-A-R-E-N. So karenowak.com, and there's a way to reach me. Um, there's a, an email address on there as well, so you could reach me there. Ask me uh, questions. I'm always open to questions and inquiries. Uh, the book is available on Amazon and uh, also Barnes & Noble. Uh, the, book, the book looks like this. <laughs> oh, Athletes in Aprons. That's a great book cover. Thank you. Who designed that for you? Oh, I had an interior, uh, interior design, <laughs> a, a designer, and there's a photo of my, my dad on the on the back, too. Great. So well, thank mm-hmm. you for coming on the show. And just a reminder to all of our uh, listeners out there, remember that all our live shows become recorded podcasts and videocasts on all your favorite platforms, and you can purchase my number one newly released book, Secrets from the Hammock, Uncommon Wisdom for Uncommon Times, a great book that's changing lives all over the world, available wherever books are sold, and my website, caregiverdave.com. And that's a free membership support community with lots of tools and resources, free gifts, and check out my Facebook page with the same name, Caregiver Dave, community of 34,000 caregivers. And if you click the like or follow button on whatever you're listening or watching this on, uh, it helps us reach even more caregivers by improving Google's search engine algorithms. So thanks again to everyone out there. And thank you, Karen. And we'll see you next time. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Caregiver Dave here. Caregiverdave.com. In beautiful Acapulco. Been here with Charlene for three wonderful weeks learning how to care for caregivers, putting on my own event to have caregivers come here in this beautiful Acapulco Villa to rest, to relax, to recharge the batteries, to get some training for me, Caregiver Dave. And there's no substitute for getting away from your loved one's duties and responsibilities. Thank you. Uh, okay, over there. Over there. See, Thank come you. on. The food is amazing. The staff are at your beck and call. The rooms are wonderful. 
The pool is great. The view is great. I mean, what's not to love? And yeah, hey, can you see the view. See the view. Uh, no, just carbonated water. Thank you. I mean, this is every caregiver's dream to get away <laughs> for a week. Seven wonderful, glorious days. And to be with other caregivers and to share their stories, to share their burdens, to share the, what they've learned, to network with each other. It's almost like a therapy group. <laughs> and I have been wanting to do something tangible for caregivers, but it costs money. <laughs> but I've managed to find a beautiful villa down here, owned by my mentor, and he's making it possible for me to bring 12, 14 caregivers up here for $3,995. I know that's a lot of money, and a lot of people say, I don't have that money. But you know what? You might have siblings, you might have parents, you might have children who do have that money. And they might feel very guilty that they can't help you because you have the burden of caring for this loved one. You were the chosen one for whatever reason, <laughs> because you have the compassion and the empathy and they don't, or you're geographically close to them and they're not. What a gift. I call it the gift of life because 30% of caregivers die before their loved ones do. And so these loved ones of the caregiver, not the ones they're caring for, but the relatives, the siblings, the parents, the the friends, the people with money, people who are doing very well, the attorneys, the doctors. There are caregivers everywhere. It crosses all geographic boundaries. It crosses all eco economic boundaries. It crosses all racial boundaries. It crosses all celebrity boundaries. And we want those people to send you on a vacation and to care for your loved one or pay for the ones to care for the loved one and obviously pay for your vacation. So I'm offering this and the next one is going to be in May and believe me, it's the gift of life. Just imagine what it's like being in paradise for seven days, waking up at noon <laughs> to a beautiful breakfast, a beautiful lunch, beautiful dinner. This is gourmet food. I've never tasted food like this in five-star restaurants. They have a, a live-in chef, and and uh, I, uh, I can't say enough for the service, for the food, for the quality, for the six-star service. And this is what every caregiver needs. And don't let money stop you from doing this, because you might not have the money, but you know somebody who does, somebody who should be participating in the care of your loved one but for whatever reason they can't. And they can participate financially to save your life. Because let's face it, if you die or become hospitalized and need a caregiver of your own, then those people are going to be forced to either care for that loved one or God forbid, put them in a nursing home and nine out of 10 of them, I wouldn't put my cat in. So if you are in a position to do this for your loved one, contact me. 
caregiverdave.com. God bless you and think about it. Sometimes it feels like the sun will never rise, like the birds will never sing again.